And then came a sound as if someone were fumbling at the shutters. The Puritan rose, and sword in hand, crossed the room suddenly and flung them open. The world lay sleeping to his gaze. A late moon hovered over the western horizon. No marauder lurked outside his window. He leaned out, gazing at the window of the chamber next to his. The shutters were open. Cain closed his shutters and crossed to his door went out into the corridor. He was acting on impulse, as he usually did. These were wild times. This tavern was some miles from the nearest town, Talkertown. Bandits were common. Someone, or something, had entered the chamber next to his, and its sleeping occupant might be in danger. Kane did not halt to weigh pros and cons, but went straight to the chamber door and opened it. The window was wide open, and the light streaming in illumined the room to make it to swim in a ghostly mist. A short, evil-visaged man snored on the bed, and him Kane recognised as John Redley, the man who had betrayed the necromancer to the soldiers. Then his gaze was drawn to the window. On the sill squatted what looked like a huge spider, and as Kane watched, it dropped to the floor and began to crawl toward the bed. The thing was broad and hairy and dark, and Cain noticed that it had left a stain on the windowsill. It moved on five thick and curiously jointed legs, and altogether had such an eerie appearance about it that Cain was spellbound for the moment. Now it had reached Redley's bed and clambered up the bedstead in a strange, clumsy sort of manner. Now it poised directly over the sleeping man, clinging to the bedstead, and Cain started forward with a shout of warning. That instant, Redley awoke and looked up. His eyes flared wide, a terrible scream broke from his lips, and simultaneously the spider thing dropped, landing full on his neck. And even as Cain reached the bed, he saw the legs lock, and heard the splintering of John Redley's neck bones. The man stiffened and lay still, his head lolling grotesquely on his broken neck, and the thing dropped from him and lay limply on the bed. Cain bent over the grim spectacle, scarcely believing his eyes, for the thing which had opened the shutters, crawled across the floor, and murdered John Redley in his bed, was a human hand. Now it lay flaccid and lifeless, and Cain gingerly thrust his rapier point through it and lifted it to his eyes. The hand was that of a large man, apparently, for it was broad and thick, with heavy fingers, and almost covered by a matted growth of ape-like hair. It had been severed at the wrist, and was caked with blood. A thin silver ring was on the second finger, a curious ornament, made in the form of a coiling serpent. Cain stood gazing at the hideous relic, as the tavern-keeper entered, clad in his nightshirt, candle in one hand and blunderbuss in the other. "'What's this?' he roared, as his eyes fell on the corpse on the bed. Then he saw what Cain held spitted on his sword, and his face went white. As if drawn by an irresistible urge, he came closer. His eyes bulged. Then he reeled back and sank into a chair. So pale, Cain thought he was going to swoon. God's name, sir, he gasped. Let that thing not live. 
There'd be a fire in the tap room, sir. Kane came into Talkertown before the morning had waned. At the outskirts of the village, he met a garrulous youth who hailed him. Sir, like all honest men, you will be pleasured to know that Roger Simeon, the black magician, was hanged this dawn, just as the sun came up. And was his passing manly? asked Kane sombrely. Aye, sir, if lynched not. But a weird deed it was. Look ye, sir, Roger Simeon went to the gallows with but one hand to his arms. And how came that about? Last night, sir, as he sat in his cell like a great black spider, he called one of his guards, and asking for a last favour, bade the soldier strike off his right hand. The man would not do it at first, but he feared Roger's curse, and at last took his sword and smote off the hand at the wrist.